Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm the host of the Association 4.0 podcast. I am also the co-founder of .org Community and founder and CEO of .org Source, a consultancy to associations. This podcast is about innovation in the association industry and strategies for success in the digital markets. I talk to people who are leading that charge. Today, my guest is Robin Champ. Robin is a senior trainer and consultant with LBL Strategies, focusing on strategic foresight and strategy management. She is also the chief of the Enterprise Strategy Division at the United States Secret Service, where she leads both foresight and strategic planning for the organization. Prior to joining the Secret Service, Robin was the chief of the Global Futures Office at the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. She spearheaded the introduction of scenario-based planning in the organization and continues to be a frequent speaker on the subject at various department defense and interagency venues. Robin, you have a fascinating background. I know that our audience is going to enjoy hearing your thoughts today. Thank um, you so much. So welcome. And um, tell us more about your current um, role with LBL Strategies. For sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being a guest on your show. Um, I am a senior consultant and trainer with LBL Strategies. Uh, we help organizations think strategically, make better strategic decisions. And part of my role is both an educator. I teach a course called Mastering Foresight uh, Scenario-Based Planning, where I help organizations and individuals think about the future and how the future could be impacting their strategy um, and I also consult both uh, on strategy and foresight uh, with LBL strategies, again, helping organizations think about the future, um, how what's coming down 10 or 20 years from now might be impacting the decisions they are making today. That's great. Um, so what does the term strategic foresight mean to you? To me, foresight is about planning and preparing for the future. So taking a wide view of the future, embracing uncertainty, knowing that we don't know what the future is going to be like. It hasn't happened yet. There are many ways the future could unfold. And having foresight means we're taking a deliberate look to embrace that uncertainty, look at many different ways the future can unfold, and pause and wait to make our strategic decisions until we've done an assessment of what that environment would look like. And so I guess what is, um, I guess, how is foresight different from forecasting? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, a lot of people use these terms interchangeably, but they're very, very different. And I explain it this way. When you say the word forecasting, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, usually financial, right? Yeah, financial. Or, I get that one too. Weather. Is, weather, yeah. <laughs> um, thinking, we'll stick with the weather one for now. Um, when we think about forecasting the weather, I can look at my phone and pretty much tell you with some certainty that tomorrow it's going to either rain or be sunny or snow based on the forecast, the prediction, right? They're predicting that weather for tomorrow. But if I was to look six months from now on my phone, I couldn't get an accurate prediction or a forecast of what the weather will be six months from now 
on a certain date. Uh, especially in Washington, D.C., let's look at uh, December. Well, in December, it could be very sunny. It could be snowy. It could be rainy. It could be windy. <laughs> it could have, a, you name it, we could have it in December, right. Washington, D.C. So I cannot tell you with any certainty, I cannot forecast, predict what that weather is going to be in December. But I do know enough to have some foresight that I should have an umbrella in my closet and a snow scraper and a wind jacket and some snow boots to be prepared for what could possibly happen in December. So that's how foresight's different. With with forecasting, we're predicting, like we're forecasting the weather. But with foresight, we're looking at what the possibilities could be, and we are preparing for many different possibilities. So foresight is preparing, forecasting is predicting. So another question I have for you, we've heard about signals and trends. What's the difference? Yeah, that's that's another great question. So trends, people think are very far in the future, but trends are here now, right? We're making a trend based on data points we've seen in the past, and we're projecting those data points into the future. So that trend is here. And that trend won't always be here. At some point, there will be a disruption, and that trend will will break or bend, and um, something else will replace it. So trends are here now. Uh, They may or may not continue for whatever time in the future until there is a disruption. Signals help um, forecast or predict what a trend might be. So signals are indications where a trend might show up. And so I'll give you an example. I was um, reading on LinkedIn that um, one of the uh, Nordic countries Uh, was working on their first all-female special operations unit. All women, first time ever. That's pretty neat, you know, know, girl power, we're going to have some (laughs) all special forces unit, right? And and then I was having a conversation with someone else and they said that their organization was graduating for the first time ever. It was a law enforcement academy, a majority female graduating class. I was like, oh, okay, now here's two signals. One signal I saw on LinkedIn, which was about the all-female special operations unit. The other signal I got was from a law enforcement organization that was graduating a majority female class for the very first time. So these signals are now indicators of what future trends might show up, which might be women in uh, predominantly male-dominated roles. Uh, The trend would be if I had data already for a while that showed majority female and male dominated roles. So that's the difference between signal and trend. And, we, and both are important that, for us to look at. Yeah, that's great. That's that's interesting because people will ask me things that are going on in the association community, you know, Sherry, what are the trends? And I'm like, well, I'm not sure what the trends are, but the terminology signals make a lot of sense. So I can see some things that are happening, which may signal a trend. Um, so so I've, I've learned, um, learned something already from you today. So that, that's great. Um, so what are some foresight techniques? There's several foresight techniques out there. My favorite is scenario-based planning. Uh, it's been around for many years. It dates back to Herman Kahn in the 1950s. Herman Kahn worked for the Rand Corporation and he um, made us all think about the unthinkable when it came to nuclear war. Um, after that, a Shell oil company made it very famous in the 1970s. So we're dating back 50 years now that Shell uh, was working on scenario-based planning. 
and it helped them navigate the oil crisis in the 1970s where the other petroleum companies didn't fare so well. So Shell's been using this process for 50 years. So it's been very successful for them. It continues to be successful for them. And in the U.S. government, the uh, United States Coast Guard has been doing scenario-based planning for two decades. They call it Project Evergreen. You can Google the Project Evergreen scenarios and see them online. So again, this is a very tried and true way of doing strategic foresight that's been around for a long time and yielded results. And um, I started off as a strategist. I'm, I'm a strategist first. And um, I always felt like something was missing. And when I found out about scenario-based planning as a form of strategic foresight, as part of the environmental scanning, everything sort of clicked for me. And I realized how critical it was to do scenario-based planning and think about these future scenarios before we sit down and we write a strategy. So how can associations integrate foresight into their strategic plans? So I think there's various different ways we can do this. the most important thing is whatever we do, think about the future, take some time to think about the future before you sit down and write a strategy. It could be as simple as looking at trade publications, uh, reading LinkedIn, looking at news articles with the frame of mind as what are the signals that I'm seeing in these, in these different publications and these different articles? What are the trends that I'm seeing? Taking to account those signals and trends before you write your strategy. It could also be doing a formal scenario-based planning workshop where you're bringing together lots of people to write deliberate uh, deliberate scenarios about the future and alternative futures and bringing people in to exercise those scenarios before you write your strategy. So there's different ways from very small scale, hey, let's just start reading about the future, start thinking about those signals and trends to full-blown exercises where you're bringing large groups of people to write these alternative future worlds, these alternative scenarios, and then bring people into exercise them and facilitate them through a workshop. So what are the benefits of taking a strategic approach to a future that's uncertain? You know, um, I think uh, if 2020 uh, was any indication of the disruptions to come, I think we can all agree that disruptions will happen. They've happened throughout history. Uh, We had some big disruptions in 2020 and 2021. Uh, We continue to be surprised, um, whether it's a war in Eastern Europe to a global pandemic to social unrest. Uh, We continue to have disruptions or surprises uh, in our lives and what we encounter, and they um, affect our strategy, affect how our businesses will do in the future. And so it's very important to say, Instead of putting all of our eggs in one basket, right? This is the future I think is going to happen. So I'm going to put all of my eggs in this basket and do everything I can for this particular future. And then if it doesn't happen, well, you know, you're, you're, it could be catastrophic if you've planned for one event and something completely different happens. So I think the benefit by examining alternative futures is we've thought about it. We've taken the time to think about it. And we can prepare for various different futures. Or even if we don't prepare for one future and it's the one that happens, well, at least we've had time to think about it and we know what we would have done. And then we're more agile and we can, we can react and recover faster. So Robin, I guess, what do you think um, organizations should be doing today? Um, as we talked about, you know, you talked about disruption. There's been, I feel like there's been constant disruption, at least for the last two years. Um, and we see kind of continued disruption potentially on the horizon, whatever that might mean. Um, 
you know, what can organizations do to, to prepare? I think um, writing a good strategy and writing a good strategy that's informed by foresight and not to be afraid to change. Uh, we have to change, uh, especially in this environment, uh, technological advancements, uh, the rate of change is very fast. If we don't make our own future, if we don't change ourselves to a desired future, then the future will overtake us and someone else will make our future for us. So I think it's very important to scan the environment, look for signals and trends, write a good strategy based on the foresight um, that we've been researching, and then monitor that strategy and not be afraid of making our own change. You know, I tell people, I always use a Blockbuster example, right? Blockbuster was the best of the best. Um, you know, you could go into any Blockbuster right. store. It was clean. Their operations are great. They had their movies and they made some updates, right? They moved from VHS to DVD and um, everything. It was a well-oiled machine. They were at the top of the game, but they didn't change. They were resistant to change. And so what happened? Netflix came along and started streaming and put Blockbuster out of business. So it doesn't matter how good your organization is today. That is not an indicator that your organization is going to be good in the future. You need to think about the future and not be afraid to change, to do something more relevant or be transformative looking at the future of your organization. Yeah, I think what, you know, what I saw from the association space was that organizations that were slow to change or didn't do anything different, they saw they were able to do that and be very agile because they had to, they were forced to in 2020. They said, we said, oh no, we've got to pivot to virtual meeting. Um, and so we know we can do that, but as, as a industry at large, I'm already seeing or that organizations are kind of going back to what they did in the past and what's kind of comfortable um, and really not thinking about how do we change and how do we keep this momentum? Um, so I guess any thoughts or tips as kind of we, we wrap up today of, you know, what our organizations can do to kind of get themselves in a mindset um, as you, you described thinking about strategic planning? Yeah, I think it's it's a deliberate way of thinking, right? We first have to acknowledge that there's disruptions. We have to acknowledge that the future is uncertain. And we have to acknowledge that change is important to stay relevant. And we have to do something different to increase our value going forward. And so we need to accept all of those things and actively try to change because we all have our comfort zones, right? We are comfortable the way things were. That's comfortable for us. Sometimes looking at the future is scary. But we have to keep in mind that if we don't change ourselves, we'll be overtaken by the future and someone else will make that choice for us. So uh, don't be afraid of being a little uncomfortable. Uh, really try to, to push yourself and, and um, get ideas from lots of people, because I'm sure in all organizations, there's usually some science fiction fans out there that aren't afraid to tell you some great ideas on how you can transform for the future. And I would just dial right into those folks. Great. Well, thanks so much, Robin. I think we're all better strategists after hearing your ideas. Um, how, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Sure. They can email me rchamp at lblstrategies.com. So I hope uh, everybody listening today enjoyed this episode. And to meet leaders like Robin, uh, consider joining .org community. We also have a program coming up um, in June, on June 9th, 
that um, LBL uh, strategies will be attending as well. And um, we look forward to seeing all of you there. And uh, again, thanks so much, Robin. We really appreciate your thoughts and your time today. Thank you so much, Sherry. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.